Notes, the podcast that keeps you in the loop on all things pop culture so you can talk about it with your friends. I'm Courtney. I'm Shannon. And we're joined by Andrew this week. Hello. Um, so we are going to be talking about kai- kaiju movies, especially Godzilla movies in Ooh. preparation for the new Godzilla movie. All right. Um, but before we get to that, let's do a media of the week. So Shannon, what have you been reading or watching or listening to this week? Yeah, um, so I recently went on a trip to New York and saw a lot of good things. I, well, I was going for the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend live show. I don't have to talk about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend more than I already have on this show, but I love it. And, um, it, (laughs) there's some things that are not appropriate to to (laughs) say on our clean podcast, but it was a delight. Um, Courtney, I'll tell you about it later. (laughs) Please do. Um, I saw the musical Beautiful, which is about Carole King. Um, I would totally recommend that soundtrack, even if you can't get out to New York and see it or see it touring, like listening to that soundtrack. I didn't realize how many like really popular songs that Carole King wrote with her husband um, Mm -hmm. before she became a solo artist. Um, so they wrote like the locomotion and oh, all sorts of like really fun jazzy songs that we all know. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and then I saw Burn This with Adam Driver and my life will never be the same. Um, and that was fantastic. So if anyone's in New York for the next like month, <laughs> go and see that. But, um, oh, nice. yeah. Carly Rae Jepsen also released an album. I'll oh, just yeah. mention that really quickly. Because <laughs> I've waited like four or five years for her to come out with a new album. And yeah, that that did not disappoint. Oh, good. It's been absolutely amazing. Like, so. How about you, yeah. Andrew? Um, in preparation for this, I have been watching kaiju movies um, yep. and clips on Filmstruck's YouTube channel. I was so excited because when I was kind of doing some research on where I could find these films... It would pop up on the internet like Filmstruck, and I'm like, I have Filmstruck, but that was a year ago when I used to have Filmstruck when anybody could actually get Filmstruck, <laughs> and now nobody can. So it was a little, it was uh, highs and lows for me, I guess I would, I would say <laughs> in that regard. Um, but yeah, I've been watching uh, old mostly Godzilla movies. Um, Gordy and I just watched Godzilla 1998 last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll share. I'll save my thoughts on that for later. Yep. Cool. You also managed to get our son, like, starting, he's starting to get into Godzilla now. He came downstairs with this old Godzilla toy that Andrew has, and he was like, oh, I'm Godzilla, I'm going to fight Mechagodzilla. <laughs> yeah. yep. Well, that's well, great. Well, yeah. Yep. Uh, as for me, I finally saw Apollo 11 this weekend. Um, I really wanted to see it in the theater, but just never got around to it. But I watched it at home, and it was great. Made me very Space! happy. Space, space. Um, it was great. Like I, I had no idea that they had found that sixty-five millimeter footage, and like, we were. They found a way to like restore capture it, it and restore it into like sixteen K and eight K, and they said like super high definition. They said they had to build an actual a, a machine for it because mm-hmm. nobody had oh. done it before. Like they had to build essentially a prototype of this, being able to scan that film and stuff. Yep. So. NASA was holding out on us. I know. <laughs> yeah. it's, all that it's, right? so, it's so remarkable when you all that restored footage stuff, because I saw a while ago, uh, They Shall Not Grow Old. And the way that they were able to restore that was just mind-blowing. It, it was incredible. So I don't know enough about the actual like process of film to understand that, but it's really cool what they can yeah. do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mentioned with Apollo 11, too. Like, I know, so I saw it at Sundance, and I know the audience... 
I was with was a little bit weird. <laughs> it was like all volunteers, but a lot of people said, oh, we wanted more like story because mm -hmm. this is just the footage. I would recommend, like, if you paired that with First Man, I think you get the perfect, like, viewing experience. You kind of yeah. learn more about Neil Armstrong and the other astronauts, but then you just see the footage. Like, that's all I really wanted. I've heard that story. We did the whole podcast on yeah. it. So, yeah. like, I knew what oh, was that's, happening. That's interesting, because that's not what I was expecting at all. I wasn't expecting, like, a traditional story structure. I was just like, yeah. this is it's, a, it's pretty much a straight documentary in the fact that it's like, not yeah. here's all this film that we have. Here's it, and it goes in a very like chronological order yeah. as well. Yeah, but not, it's not a lot of narration or anything yeah, either. It's not editorialized, which I like. Yeah. So, yeah. That's great. Cool. Well, let's talk about uh, kaiju movies and Godzilla. So, first exposure, mm -hmm. Shannon. You want to go first? Yeah. Um, well, so first of all, did you say that? When did the Matthew Broderick... 1998. 1998 Godzilla came out. I, My grandma bought my brother this like big Godzilla toy that was probably at like three, four feet tall. Mm -hmm. No, maybe not that tall. It was pretty big. Mm -hmm. um, not just like a handheld. Like, and it made noise and it terrified me as a child. <laughs> I think my brother at the time must have only been four then. And so, yeah, that was kind of a beastly toy for him to have and was <laughs> annoying with it. But I think my real first exposure other than that um, was Reptar from Rugrats. Yes. Oh, yeah. Which yes. is definitely based off of Godzilla. Um, can I try to find a song? Is it the Reptar on Ice song? Yes. Reptar, Reptar, gotta find you the Reptar. Oh, I love go. that. I love that. Um, That's amazing. Reptar, I feel like, comes up multiple times. Like, it's the movie that Tommy wants to watch. Like, they take him to kind of a Care Bears ripoff, mm -hmm. but he wants to see Reptar. And then later there's an ice show with Reptar and Ice. And then um, for their Paris movie, there's like Reptar. I, what is it like a reptile show but the big reptile ends up fighting this other gargantuan creature so I think I think they even have a motorized reptile cart yeah. in the movie as well um, where so the kids playing. all sit in a motorized reptile <laughs> so playing off of all of the like reptile versus whatever yes. yeah. movies so yeah, yeah so I think good. for me see now that you say that I'm like oh yeah that was probably my first exposure too it's but so I was good. gonna say that the 1998 <laughs> movie was my first proper exposure to Godzilla um I really liked it because I was 10 when it came out <laughs> and I thought Matthew Broderick was really cute so yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> sorry Matthew Broderick that was, that was a fantastic response to that <laughs> I have never felt that way about Matthew Broderick but I mean he's cute in the way that like an old droopy basset hound is cute. <laughs> I think like, he's gotten still, less cute over okay. time. I guess with <laughs> like, like no, Ferris no. Bueller, maybe a little yeah. bit. I no offense to Matthew Broderick at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> like no, none, none meant, but it's like he has kind of that like. It's it's weird that like he was he got so famous for Ferris Bueller as like this charismatic kind of fun young kid, and then proceeded to just be like a sad sack for the rest of his career. Like, I feel really like I feel bad because it's like I I love uh, I love Ferris Bueller and I, I'm like that's the magic Broderick I want, but then it's just like oh but he's really not really suited for characters like that. Here's I don't know. here's the thing about Matthew Broderick. I think that when I think of boyish charm. I think of Matthew Broderick, but that's not something that ages well as you get older. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I watched know. Election recently, and even in that one, he's oh, kind yeah. of a sad sack. Yeah. And that yeah. wasn't, he wasn't 
that he's, old in that movie. He's, so. he's a real sad sack in the producers as well. Yeah. Um, and like Sorry, Matthew Broderick. <laughs> You're very I, talented. He's a great don't, singer. Yes, I still don't understand why they brought him into the voice of Simba <laughs> and they didn't let him sing. Yeah, that like, was dumb. Oh, really? They, well, he's, yeah. the, he's, the evo- he's the voice of adult Simba, he's but he's the not the singing voice. voice. That's odd, right? right? Like, yeah. if you bring in Matthew Broderick... I mean, like, it's only, like, half of a song. Yeah. But it's like... Him, but it's but... the song... No, it's... Oh, it's, yeah, and Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Like, it's the Both song from the from the movie. Like, yeah, I know Lion King has tons of great songs, and... We'll probably talk about this Maybe later. it's just that he doesn't have like a We're pop We're going to talk voice. about Lion King so much this season oh, of yeah. our show. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Andrew, Anyhow. how about you? Um, I honestly don't remember a time when Godzilla was not like a part of the things I had growing up. I still have, it's upstairs in my room. Um, my dad had the original Godzilla poster from the original 1954 movie framed in Aww. his office. And I have that upstairs in my room right now. Um, and then Cordy was talking about the Godzilla that um, our son had, and my dad had that on his desk. Uh, the tail has since gone missing, but I still have that <laughs> as well. But I honestly don't like. I, I don't remember a time when Godzilla wasn't something that I was into, um, because he's a giant monster who destroys stuff. It's very, it's very much aimed at like young boys, especially to just be like, "Hey, this is a cool monster. He breaks stuff. It's cool." <laughs> um, and so I remember being really disappointed by the 1998 movie, as I think a lot of people were, <laughs> judging by its 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. Um, but, like, because I was already into Godzilla at that point, I already knew kind of what Godzilla was and everything, and then when the 1998 movie came out, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, but I was I was a Godzilla hipster, I guess, at 10 years old, <laughs> I was just like, that's not Godzilla, this is dumb. So... I want to hear all Hashtag of them. Yes. Hashtag not my Godzilla. Hashtag real kaiju have curves. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I honestly don't remember. Um, <laughs> I still remember there's a... My, my parents probably hate it because um, and I loved to play video games as a kid. And we had our video games set up upstairs in, um, in our playroom area. But it didn't have any walls. So it was just, it was just like a loft upstairs and it was open to the whole house. And I never turned my video game music down. And so there was this Godzilla game that had the same music. And it just played. And I'm sure if I were to play it for my family, it would trigger them into some kind of like... <laughs> but I but I, re- <laughs> I worked at a, at a Hollywood video that had a game crazy attached to it. And I actually found a copy of that game in like 2007. And so I immediately bought it. And so I still have it. I actually broke it out earlier this week and played okay. it. Until my son kicked <laughs> the Super Nintendo by mistake and... Then I lost progress, and you have to start from the beginning. It's one of those video games where you have to start at the beginning and go all the way through in one sitting. You can't like come back to it later. So he kicked it, and I was like, I'm really not into it that much. I'm not going to start again. Yep. It's Super Godzilla. So that's the one. I wanted to see if I could find the music for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it changes based on how close you are to the monster, but I'm sure that... Yep, that's it right there. Ooh. That sounds fun. <laughs> so fun. Oh, it is fun. Like I say, I say I wasn't really like excited to go back. Like I, I, once it was started, I didn't want to go back. But that was because I was only like two levels away from the end, and I would have had to put another like forty-five minutes into getting back to where I had started. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Um, I'm. But it is. It's a really fun game. 
It's not really a fun game, but it really <laughs> it, it takes me back. Anyway, cool. Um, so let's talk about kaiju movies. So just kind of a the I don't think Godzilla was the first kaiju movie, but it is the most um, iconic. Most iconic. Most he is the most famous of all the kaiju that there have been. There have been giant monster movies before um, or since in cinema, like. What is it? They? Is that the one that's the giant ants that was American cinema? I think they were radiated ants and they were giant. I think it's called They or Them or something like that. I can't remember. Sounds familiar. Um, But there have always been kind of giant... Like, there are a lot of monster movies in America and stuff like that. Um, But what made Godzilla um, kind of unique was that he was... His origins have kind of shifted over the years, but the the one in the original 19... 54 version was he was um awakened by he was like a prehistoric dinosaur but awakened by nuclear tests um and he is kind of a he's he's basically a giant metaphor for nuclear weapons um i saw something some meme somewhere i can't remember it may have been tumblr where it was like it's interesting that in like in american pop culture Nuclear powers or nuclear waste and nuclear uh, stuff gives you superpowers. Where in Japan, that turns in, into giant monsters. And someone was like, "Yeah, there's probably a good reason for that if you That's think about it really." Much. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it is yeah, like yeah. Godzilla was he he's gone through different iterations and stuff, but he is a big metaphor for nuclear weapons. Obviously, Japan having been uh, bombed. Get, Twice by atomic weapons at the end of World War Two, and then there's also the uh, Lucky Dragon Five incident, um, which was uh, a Japanese fishing vessel. I just spilled a bunch of water all over myself. That was dumb. <laughs> um, the Lucky Dragon Five incident was a um, a Japanese fishing boat was irradiated by a nu- nearby nuclear test, and a bunch of uh, Japanese mm-hmm. civilians got uh, radiation poisoning due to it. And so that's actually how the first one starts. Yeah. Um, Shannon, you said you watched that one. Well, half of that of one. <laughs> I now really want to know how it ends, though. I'll t- I can tell you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Godzilla Spoiler. destroys a whole bunch of of Tokyo. Shows up. He's smashing stuff. Um, he has atomic breath, um, which is like a nuclear reaction going on inside of him, and he. Releases oh. it via his mouth. He's incorrectly given fire breath in some versions, but that's technically not correct. It's atomic breath. <laughs> um, and he has these big spines on his back, sort of like Stegosaurus. He's a big bipedal monster with kind of um, short arms. His name in Japanese is Gojira, which is actually a portmanteau of the Japanese words for whale and gorilla. Oh. Um, and there is a story that there at, at Toho, the studio that owns the rights to Godzilla, there was a security guard whose nickname was Gojira because he was like a gorilla whale. And so then they named this giant monster after that guy. Um, it was just kind of fun. Um, um, I have a question. Yes. At the beginning of the original Godzilla, there, um, I mean, the... The name Godzilla or Will Gorilla um, comes from. There's a man in the movie that says like, "Oh, there's this like Japanese legend of the Godzilla 
Um, and so then when this creature comes about, they um, decide to name it after that. Is that, are there Japanese legends about like these monsters or is that kind of where I think the kaiju movies derive from? I think that's kind of something that was made up for the film. I'm not hundred percent sure on that. Okay. Um, the kind of the beginning of Godzilla, as far as I know, um, like even the kanji that spells his name in Japanese are used for phonetics. Not, it's not like this is the kanji for this and this and this. It's a phonetic kanji that you read across as Gojira. Um, so that, that's entirely possible. I mean, most, um, most civilizations have some kind of, some kind of mythos about giant monsters and stuff right. like that. There's Maybe actually a, a fan- abominable snowman. Yes. That kind of thing. There's actually a fantastic song from the first episode of the reboot of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Um, cause they do Godzilla knockoff called Reptilicus, mm-hmm. um, which is actually Dutch. And they do a song about every country's, like, kaiju and stuff like that. Oh, like, cool. it's a really fun song. It's it's pretty good. I really write that that episode's really good. Um, if you're looking if you're looking for one, um, but yeah, the so um, that's kind of where his his um, name comes from. He has a very iconic scream. Um, or roar, I guess. <laughs> um, I'm gonna try to find one. Here we go, on YouTube. Oh wait, my YouTube's not working. Here, I'll pull it up. Um, he has a very iconic roar. Um, that once you hear it, it's like, oh yeah, absolutely, that's Godzilla's roar. <laughs> it was actually made um, by a foley artist rubbing a leather glove on the strings of a bass instrument. Ooh. It's not an actual, like, upright standard. It's a different mm-hmm. kind of bass. I forget what, what it is. Um, good, it was that other one, the Ultimate Godzilla Roar? Because that's all of them. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> we don't want all the others. <laughs> well, yeah, because it, it, cha- it kind of changes over time. I think that's the one that... Where's that my sound, your sound What the... Oh, your sound's broken now. There it is. There it is. That's not seven seconds long. <laughs> no, this is like 45 seconds long. Oh, that was from the 2014 one. We'll talk about the 2014 one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say, say that's not going to be <laughs> accurate. There we go. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, kind of, that's the original one from 1940. 54. Um, and like I said, ru- there was a rubber glove being rubbed up the strings of a of a bass instrument slowed down. Um, and so, and um, I played the violin for about ten years, and in scraping off resin from the screen from the strings, which I had to do every once in a while, I can absolutely see how that is the case because it's like <laughs> it's really it's a horrible sound. I hate it. Um, so. He's usually depicted as a prehistoric sea monster that was awakened and empowered by nu- by nuclear radiation. Um, his look has kind of changed uh, given how he's been portrayed. Um, in the original 
movie, the, the first three movies that Godzilla in, is in, which is Godzilla, Godzilla stri- uh, Raids Again, and Godzilla vs. King Kong, they do some stop-motion animation with him. But it's traditionally a guy in a big rubber suit um, using miniatures um, of hills and tanks and cities and stuff like that. I particularly um, like when he eats, oh, what, it's like a bus or something, <laughs> and just spits it, I don't know, everything, like, they have a little helicopter, too, that gets smashed by a Godzilla, and it just, for a minute, I thought it was supposed to be a toy, and then, <laughs> like, oh, it's supposed to be a real helicopter. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's a guy, it's a guy in a big rubber suit, and apparently, it was terrible to be in it. One of the actors actually passed out in it while filming mm-hmm. the original film. Um, they couldn't see out of it because the head was in the neck of Godzilla, and he couldn't see out of it very well. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, he kind of um, he was inspired um, by uh, Ray Harryhausen uh, design uh, from the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. Uh, but he's kind of an amphibious reptilian monster. It's kind of like a dinosaur-ish. Um, and so the uh, the art director for the original movie, uh, Akira Watanabe, um, he combined uh, a Tyrannosaurus, an Iguanodon, a Stegosaurus, and an alligator um, to kind of make the original design. Um, and I'm sure you've seen him. He's big. Yeah, <laughs> he's, got, he's, got long, he's got longer arms than a T-Rex. They're actually like functional. I guess. Um, but he's a big kind of bipedal guy. Really muscular legs, big long tail. His spikes on his back will glow when he uses his atomic breath and stuff like that. Now, depending on the ver- the version, he's also um, had an atomic pulse, magnetism, precognition, fireballs, an electric bite, superhuman speed, eye beams, and even flight. But... Um, not always. <laughs> Fine, Godzilla. So I watched a uh, I watched a clip from Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, and Mechagodzilla just beats the crap out of him. And then earlier in the film, he had been Godzilla had been struck by lightning, and that apparently allowed him to magnetize himself and pull Mechagodzilla back like a magnet, and then rip his head off. <laughs> um, so. That was fun. I I didn't remember that he had been struck by lightning. I just watched the clip because that's the one of the ones that's on Filmstruck. It's Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, and I was like, "What is happening? Why is this happening?" And then I and then I went back and I was like, "Oh, that's right. He got struck by lightning," which doesn't make any sense. But you know, <laughs> he's a big radioactive monster. What do you want? Um, he's traditionally been a bad guy. Um, in the original films, he obviously showed up to, um, in the original and smashed a whole bunch of Japan. Uh, they only got rid of him by luring him back into the ocean and using what they called an oxygen destroyer bomb. And it removed all the oxygen within the, the ocean and it suffocated Godzilla and he died. Oh. Um, so the original Godzilla was killed in the first movie. Um, and then there was another one that came back. And in the second film, he actually fought a nif- another kaiju named Anguirus, who, um, he's kind of like a, like an ankylosaurus, almost. I'm going to show these guys a picture. You're not going to be able to see it. This is really, um, this is a thrilling radio. <laughs> um, We're but, really good at that. <laughs> yes. But this is what he looks like. Um... Oh. Kind of like a armadillo slash ankylosaurus. He's got a real spiny back. He's a quadrupedal. Rhino? 
Yeah, he's got uh, horns on his snout, on his head, and on his tail and stuff. And Godzilla actually fought against him in Godzilla Raids again. And that was kind of the formula with Godzilla kind of going forward was, oh, have him fight another big monster. How did the other big monsters come about? Is it the same? So, um, it depends. Um, So... Anguirus, I actually don't know what his origin is. I think he's just a prehistoric monster uh, that kind of lived... Checks out. ...and lived in Japan. Mothra is an ancient godlike creature from a distant island who actually has two fairies who are heralds. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Courtney's favorite. We'll talk about it. <laughs> um, but a Mothra, that Mothra almost always starts off as a larva, um, big worm that shoots silk and stuff. And then will often, uh, then in the films, mutate into a giant moth. Um, very pretty design. I really like Mothra's design. It's very pretty. I don't know. It's kind of gross. Um, I was gonna, what is nastier than a huge moth? <laughs> and it's not even like like a pretty moth? Oh, I don't know. It's, it's like red and yellow and stuff. It's really very pretty, I think. Uh, it's all hairy. Well, sure, but yeah, moths gross. are hairy. But yeah, um, well, that's the same. <laughs> yeah, so here's—I mean, here's a picture. It's very, very brightly colored and stuff. The bright blue eyes and everything. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't like that. In that's some so in some films, Mothra usually has like two larvae children. So in a lot of films, Mothra will actually be killed, and then the two larval children will like fight in her stead, type of thing. <laughs> but she is an ancient god-like creature that has been watched over on a separate island. Um, Rodan is a pterodactyl who's been sleeping in a volcano, um, for millions of years. Um, Rodan and Mothra, um, are in the trailers for the Godzilla King of the Monsters. Rodan has, well, both Mothra and Rodan have fought Godzilla, but more often than not, they are allies against larger enemies. So... Like King Ghidorah, who's also going to be in the Godzilla uh, King of the Monsters coming up soon, um, is an alien uh, that's u- traditionally controlled by an alien race of humanoids um, that they use. They send King Ghidorah to fight against Godzilla and stuff to kind of take over the planet. So that's um, that's his story. Um, Biolante is another one that was created with uh, when uh, genetic modifier genetic engineers. Uh, spliced Godzilla cells with cells of a rose and of a young girl. Um, the scientist's daughter died, and then he took her cells and spliced them with the rose cells and Godzilla cells, and made this giant, enormous monster. Didn't we learn anything from Jurassic Park? <laughs> well, this was before Jurassic yeah, Park. Actually, true. that was in 1989. Didn't Jurassic Park learn anything from Godzilla? Um, but um, DNA. but that but that's the that's what's interesting about these kaiju is some of them like Godzilla is a para, is a metaphor for nuclear weapons. Biolante was uh, a metaphor for gen- the terrors of uh, genetic, genetic modification. modification. Um, Mecha Godzilla is an alien robot Godzilla that was built as like an uh, over industrialization. Ah, uh, yes, symbolism of our fear of aliens. <laughs> well, I mean, he's also a big metal Godzilla, and it was kind of like, oh no, he's too powerful because we industrialized too much and stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. Oh, uh, Hedora is a smog monster. I, I think Ooh. it's Hedora. Um, I'm going to double check on that because a lot of these monsters have really similar names. Yeah, so this is Hedora. He's just a big pollution monster. Ew. Yeah, it's real gross. He, like, <laughs> 
he like spits acid and muck at Godzilla Ew. and stuff. Um, but he's um, uh, warning about pollution. He's a metaphor for uh, man polluting too much. Ghidorah, or Hedorah was really scary as a kid because he would turn people into skeletons. Like he would shoot acid on them and then they would like melt into skeletons. But like looking back as an adult, it's a really stupid looking design. Um, <laughs> it's really very dumb. Um, so yeah, he, Godzilla's fought a lot of different monsters. Um, a lot of them are aliens. Um, there was one that he fought that's Megalon, which was um, the patron monster of an underground race of people that had long been kind of forgotten about. In that particular one, um, he's a he's a he's a giant bug with drills for hands. Because um, why not? <laughs> um, but in that one, uh, a, I think I believe it's a land developer or an oil driller drills in and they destroy part of this underground civilization's. Uh, home and stuff like that. And so then they release Megalon um, to fight, and then they have to go get Godzilla to fight against Megalon. Um, that movie is awesome because it also has Jet Jaguar in it. And I am going to show you a picture of Jet Jaguar. <laughs> because he is simultaneously awesome and horrifying. We're going to have to... Post. Ooh. Because he's got like these, he's got these, he's smiling, but these teeth are like jail bars. Like it's like prison cell. He's just a big old. He's just a big man robot. Okay. (laughs) We're going to have to have (laughs) a, yes, like an appendix to this episode. (laughs) Um, But in that one, in that movie, you can see actually right here, there's a picture of Jet Jaguar and Godzilla shaking hands, agreeing to be allies to fight Megalon and Gigan, who was a, uh, who was an alien. Um, Gigan was really cool as a kid because he was this big, like, big giant monster, but he had steel hooks for hands, and he had a he had a single, like, almost like a Cylon eye at the top that shot lasers and stuff, um, and a buzzsaw on his stomach. <laughs> um, and so then, yes, so Godzilla and Jet Jaguar had to fight against Gigan and Megalon. So sometimes he's not exactly... Godzilla isn't exactly the villain because he's at least fighting these other more dangerous creatures. Yes, so Godzilla went through this really interesting kind of metamorphosis almost. Um, His first two films, he was just like a straight bad guy, like a force of nature who just kind of came up and destroyed things. And then he fought King Kong, and it was just like, oh yeah, he's fighting King Kong, this is fun. Um, And then it depends on... It depends on if you're American or Japanese to figure out who actually won. Um, really? Because they just kind of tumble into the ocean. <laughs> um, Godzilla and King Kong. Mm. Although there is a very famous gif and meme of King Kong shoving a tree into Godzilla's throat. <laughs> and I, and it's, I've seen it with a gif that says, eat your vegetables. And he's shoving a tree <laughs> into his mouth. Um, I, and now that you mention that, I'm going to bring up... I was trying to figure out if Godzilla was the first kaiju movie. And I guess... King Kong came before Godzilla did, mm-hmm. and so in Japan they had seen uh, the director of the original Godzilla, um, something fell through with the movie he was working on, so he was like, well, we need to do something else. Look at the success of King Kong in America, we should do one of these in Japan, mm-hmm. which I didn't realize that, yeah, it was kind of influenced by King Kong, mm-hmm. and now we get all these movies with them, I, don't we have an upcoming like remake of yeah, so, Godzilla and Kong? So 2020 is going to be Godzilla versus <laughs> King Kong in some capacity, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll wind up being friends at the end. 
Yeah. Because... Um, <laughs> It's funny, they they stick them together then. Yeah. Since one was kind of inspired by the other. Yeah, and in 19... Oh, shoot. Now I don't remember what year it was. I think it was, like, early 60s. It was Godzilla versus King Kong. And interestingly enough, it was actually supposed to be King Kong versus Frankenstein. Oh. Um, but Frankenstein didn't scale up. Yeah, so, like, Frankenstein would just get massacred. <laughs> yes. And so then... but then monster, I mean. Well, yeah, but it was... Inaccurate. But it was called Frankenstein. Yeah. Like... It was going to be like the Boris Karloff, like mm-hmm. Frankenstein versus King Kong. But King Kong, and that's the other thing, is King Kong is, uh, in, from his 1939 film, is much shorter than Godzilla. Godzilla is like, um, I want to say 167 meters tall in the original Godzilla, but King Kong is only like 50 feet tall. Oof. So like... They had to really scale up King Kong to actually have him. Yeah. And they're going to have to do the similar thing with the King Kong. And um, that's going to meet this Godzilla upcoming. Um, did you see Kong School Island, Shannon? Yeah. Okay. I liked um, it. It's, it's fine. <laughs> like, it, like my my sister saw it and hated it. She thought it was worse than Suicide Squad, which I, I feel like is a Tom real Hilston low blow. and Brie Larson in it. <laughs> it's an enjoyable two I, hours. Yeah, <laughs> that was my thing. It was like, I watched it and I was like... That was kind of dumb, but you know what? I had a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, the, like, in that movie, he's kind of a guardian of that island. Right. And in the 2014 Godzilla, Godzilla is also a guardian of, like, the planet. So, they're guarding the same thing so they can't be enemies for very long. Yeah. Um, but, but Godzilla kind of went from this force of nature that just fought everything to sometimes an ally with humans who would... Um, not necessarily be controlled by humankind, but would team up with other monsters to defeat a larger threat. Um, that happened in uh, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. He and um, Ronan and Mothra fought King Ghidorah because um, he was a danger and destroying everything. Um, Invasion of Monster Zero was the next film, and, and that was still King Ghidorah. They actually... <laughs> It, that one is ridiculous, and it also has this scene. Um, I'm going to try to find it real quick. But it is, uh, in that movie, these aliens borrow Godzilla and Rodan. Um, Godzilla dance, invasion of Monster Zero. If I could type. <laughs> um, so here's his victory dance. After he defeats King Ghidorah here. Um, he's still fighting him in this clip. Uh, but these aliens borrow Godzilla and Rodan to fight against King Ghidorah. But then the aliens wind up mind-controlling Godzilla and Rodan. Um, yep, here it is. <laughs> I love it. As a, as a kid, as a kid, that was... <laughs> The funniest thing I think I've ever seen. Um, he's kind of jumping up and like touching his head and stuff, kicking his legs out. Um, but then the aliens mind control Godzilla and Rodan, so then the movie is then Godzilla, Rodan, and Ghidorah destroying Japan. And then the humans have to figure out how to break this, the communication between Godzilla and the, and the aliens. They do, and then Godzilla and Rodan fight King Ghidorah again. Um... So, and then he went through a really child-friendly phase. Um, (laughs) Son of Godzilla, he has a child. 
Oh. Um, who's almost universally hated. Um, because this is what the son of Godzilla looks like. It is um, a really, really bad design. Oh yeah. <laughs> like no, that's no, no, no. A, yes, it looks just it looks like a combination of ET yeah. and the baby from the dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Um, Yikes! And there's a scene where the son of Godzilla is playing jump rope over a sleeping Godzilla's tail. <laughs> um, there's this really ugly, stupid monster that they fight. I don't even remember what its name is because it's so bad. And Godzilla shows up. And, like, because this monster is, like, bullying Godzilla's son. And instead of just, like, roasting the monster, he tells his son that he has to learn how to fight. And he keeps pushing the kid back out <laughs> to fight this monster. Um, the son of Godzilla's actually been around for quite a bit. But this this movie was... Um, uh, it, it's actually... It's, it's really strange because... The movie is actually a young Japanese boy who gets kidnapped by criminals, and then he has a dream where he is this like he and the son of Godzilla are fighting this monster, and it's like he's trying to escape his kidnappers just like the son of Godzilla is trying to fight this monster. It's really quite strange, um, and yeah, so he it was a really kind of like child friendly kind of. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. That's not Son of Godzilla. That is that is All Monsters Attack. I apologize. I had my movies mixed up because they're dumb. Um, <laughs> but Son of Godzilla um, actually has like a bunch of bugs that come and try to kill Godzilla's son, and he has to chase them off. Um, yeah. So then that was the that was in uh, the 1960s, and then they kind of rebooted it back into like okay this is dumb let's get back to like straight monster fights and they had a couple films uh godzilla versus hedora godzilla versus gigan and godzilla versus megalon and then the godzilla versus mechagodzilla two films um terror of mechagodzilla uh was 1975 and then toho didn't make any godzilla movies for 10 years um, and so that formula was mostly godzilla teams up with other monsters to fight big monsters and stuff like that and then uh, Godzilla 1985 was a reboot of the original um, 1954 release where Godzilla just was a bad guy. He showed up and wrecked Tokyo. They, uh, in the American release of the original Godzilla film, they added Raymond Burr, who plays a man named Steve Martin. Um, you may know Raymond Burr as Perry Mason, especially those who live in Utah like we do because it's constantly playing on some channel somewhere. Um... <laughs> And he was in it, and then they brought him back for the 1985 one, um, where he was rebooted as just, like, a straight bad guy monster. Um, and then, starting with Godzilla vs. Biollante, um, those were Japan-only releases. Godzilla vs. Biollante versus King Ghidorah, Godzilla and Mothra, The Battle for Earth, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2, and Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla, and Godzilla vs. Destroya, all Japan-only releases. They actually just barely released them on Blu-ray. Um, and they were released uh, for American audiences. Um, but in those ones, it was kind of the same thing. Godzilla's fighting giant monsters. He you, he might team up with something with someone and fight against them. 
Um, Godzilla vs. Destroyer, uh, Destroya, sorry, not Destroyer, Destoroya is, uh, (laughs) is the name of that monster, um, which is, I guess you would say Destroyer in, like, a really, like, thick Japanese accent is Destoroya. Um, but that one's actually interesting because Destroya, um, was born from the bomb that killed the original Godzilla, so that oxygen... Um, the oxygen destroyer gave birth to Destroya, and then Godzilla actually dies in that film. And then Toho didn't make any more, uh, wasn't planning on making any more Godzilla movies. And then, uh, Roland Emmerich decided to make a Godzilla film. <laughs> um, yeah, that one's not very good. <laughs> we were actually talking about this last night. Hmm. Courtney and I were. Mm-hmm. It's actually not terrible. Like, it's kind of on par with Roland Emmerich's other films, I feel. Yeah, with the exception of Independence Day. Independence Day is fun. Say. <laughs> Independence Day is really fun. But what we, we, we kind of talked about with Independence Day, what kind of sets that apart from Godzilla, is the individual performances. Because you get peak Will Smith doing what he does best. True. You get, well, it's hard to identify peak Will Smith, I guess, because yeah. he's had so many ups in his career but it was you know mid 90s will smith which is pretty yeah. great will smith if you ask me jeff goldblum was in it mm-hmm. um bill pullman is fine i guess best fictional american president we've ever had yeah that great speech um randy quaid <laughs> yes. is in it for better or for worse i guess <laughs> but like that one's really buoyed by its performances like instead of just being like a big dumb like oh no everybody's dying there's all this destruction it's really kind of like, oh, this is like it's really fun to watch Will Smith in this movie. Right. Godzilla does not have those performances. <laughs> yeah. Like Again, sorry, Matthew Broderick. Well, Matthew Broderick's part of it, but the biggest part of it, and I don't even know her name and I feel really bad, but that female actress in it, she is awful. She's the worst. Her character is the worst. Her acting is just she, really, yeah. really weak. I'm sure she's a very good person. I'm sure she's loving tried really hard. But <laughs> But I mean, it's a, it's really, and and then the supporting characters were all cold from The Simpsons for some reason. Yeah. Because Harry Shearer's in it, Hank Azaria's in it, and so is Nancy Cartwright. Yeah. I don't know why, um, but they were. And then the mayor of New York is um, a Roger Ebert stand-in, and his political advisor is a Siskel stand-in. Um, and it was Roland Emmerich really taking it to Siskel and Ebert. For hmm. some reason. Who <laughs> knows why. Probably you're going to trash Independence Day. Yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> but um, the huh. biggest... Like... This this movie isn't that bad for a Roland Emmerich film. But it's a really bad Godzilla film. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have atomic breath. Like, he has flammable breath. He doesn't actually, like... Like, there's a couple points where it looks like he's breathing fire... But he's just blowing on an existing fire and makes a big like column Explosion. of fire. Yeah. Um, he's a in a big iguana with a Jay Leno chin. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's got like super, like he's super skinny in the legs and stuff. Yeah, like hence, it, hence our hashtag real kaiju have curves. Like, <laughs> it's just ah, oh, jeez. I mean, we took that from honest trailers, but That's true. you know. 
But I want to make it a hashtag. But I mean, that's what it's, that's what it's about, though, is that... Um, but, yeah, like, the design of Godzilla's... Well, I say Godzilla. I'll talk about what happens with that Godzilla, with uh, Toho in a minute. Um, <laughs> but, like, it was basically just ripping off Jurassic Park as hard as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. Like, like as hard as humanly possible. They even had commercials where, like, there were people standing <laughs> at a museum looking at a T-Rex skeleton, and then Godzilla's foot came and smashed it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was like, oh, yeah, we're taking Jurassic Park down. But then they did a really bad job of it. Yeah. Like, the CG of the monster is... I don't know if it was good at the time, but it is awful to look at now. I feel like now. it was good at the time. Or I at don't least passable know. at the time. I don't know. What else came out? In, like, 1999 was The Matrix, though. Like, a year later, we had The Matrix. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and this is what we got in 1998. Yeah, this really doesn't look good. <laughs> it's really bad. And in motion, it's even worse. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, at the end, there's a huge Raptors from Jurassic Park ripoff with yep. all the babies. Like, oh. they, yeah, Godzilla get, lays a bunch of eggs in Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. And there's a and it's basically just like an extended raptor sequence from Jurassic Park. Yep. Godzilla is killed by the military, which... Yeah. Um, the original Godzilla is basically immune to most human conventional weapons. He's killed by the oxygen destroyer in the original one, but they had to invent that weapon to try to kill him. Um, every single Godzilla movie has tanks rolling up and shooting Godzilla in the stomach, and he just destroys them, but... He swats planes out of the sky. Yeah, so this Godzilla, it's just, it's not... It's not very good for a Godzilla film. No, it's not. And but if, so if Roland Emmerich had just made like a monster film in New York, it probably would have been like eh, it's fine. Like, also, it's not right. it really seemed like he had a vendetta against the monuments of New York. Like they destroyed the Chrysler Building. The, well, the, the military garden. destroyed the Chrysler <laughs> Building. Well, I know they're the ones who blew up the Chrysler. But that's the thing: the military essentially, or the people, destroy like. Okay, well, Godzilla kind of destroys Madison Square Gardens, but the military does blow it up, and then. The Brooklyn Bridge also is destroyed. But that's like, Roland Emmerich. Like, that's yeah. what his thing is. Like, he had the alien shoot the Chrysler building yeah. in Independence Day. They blew up the Statue of Liberty. They blew up the White House. Like, that's, like, the most iconic scene from Independence Day is the White House exploding. That's true. Um, that's what they wanted from Roland Emmerich. But it wasn't Godzilla destroying them. It was mostly the military blowing them up, trying to kill Godzilla. Yeah. Um, so thanks for that, you guys. <laughs> um, but it's really... I don't know why Jean Renault was just like basically Pepe Le Pew. Oh my gosh! And we like... were <laughs> we were making jokes throughout the whole thing about how all of the all of the Frenchmen were Jean something super like stereotypical French like Jean, Jean Francois and Jean Luc and Jean Claude and Jean, Jean Philippe. Philippe. And we were we were joking about it, but then we actually looked at the credits and we were like, oh no, there's Philippe, and then every other French character. It's literally named Jean-Luc, Jean-Claude, Jean-Philippe. They, they all they have, have Jean Philippe as the And name. a Jean-Philippe. And I'm yes. just like, what? It was, I assume that Jean is the French uh, word for red shirt, because all of those French guys just got obliterated. Um, it's, it's really, it's really bad. Like, I say it's even, like, it would be okay for a Roland Emmerich film. I don't, love Roland Emmerich films except for Independence Day like I really like that one but I didn't really care for 2012 um Day After Tomorrow was 
not great either. And I, I, I don't know. It's like you have to be in the right frame of... My mom actually really likes disaster movies. Um, so she's kind of a big fan of those. Uh, I don't I don't think she saw Godzilla. I don't know what she feels about that. But like you have to... like Roland Emmerich films are disaster films. And yeah. those are hard to kind of like on a... It's hard to like those unironically, I feel. Because yeah. it is like... It's just destruction porn. Like yep. <laughs> stuff gets blown up and it's like, Oh no, what would happen if there was a... If there was an earthquake in the middle of the San Andreas Fault, well, The Rock would probably steal a helicopter or something. And so it's like, that's a genre of film that, like, I'm like, I kind of, eh. I'm kind of here or there on. But then when you call it a Godzilla film, it was just like, oh. And it was so <laughs> widely panned that Toho turned around and a year later released Godzilla 2000 um, with, Yay. like, a super, like, buff, huge Godzilla that was, like, <laughs> Back to, like, the traditional kind of Godzilla design that there was. Um, one of... There's a line... I don't know if it's in Godzilla 2000 or if it's in Final Wars, uh, but there's a group of Japanese uh, generals sitting around, and one of them leans over and says, The attack in New York, that was Godzilla, right? And, he, and one of them leans back and says, Well, that's what the Americans say, but I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, in the film Final Wars, which is basically just an excuse to have Godzilla fight every single monster. Uh, and I'm not kidding. Like, they keep bringing these monsters back and Godzilla goes and pastes them. And then <laughs> another one shows up and he pastes them. They brought in the 1998 Godzilla, called him Zilla, um, and Godzilla beat him in a single move. Like, he, they're in Australia. Zilla shows up. Godzilla punches him or hits him with his tail into the Sydney Opera House and then roasts him with atomic breath, and he's just gone. I even heard an anecdotal wow. story that uh, in Japan, that Godzilla is known as Gino, which is Godzilla in name only. Um, it's an acronym for that. So um, <laughs> it's bad and really looked down upon by most. <laughs> um, there's been a couple Godzilla mov movies between 1998 and 2004. Uh, Final Wars was kind of the last... One, like Godzilla, he f beats all those monsters and then he swims off into the ocean to be like, bye, I'm out of here. Um, and then in 2014, there was an American reboot starring Brian Cranston. Starring, in quotation marks, I guess. <laughs> He's not in it for very long. Um, but it's mostly starring Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Elizabeth Olsen. Um, Which is weird. Well, it came out the year before Age of Ultron. Um, but their brother and sister in Age of Ultron, uh, but their husband and wife in Godzilla. I forgot entirely about Aaron Taylor Johnson. <laughs> Being in the Avengers. <laughs> because he is hashtag not my Quicksilver. Oh, so. ouch. <laughs> this is, so it's really funny because uh, our son loves superheroes that go fast. Mm -hmm. um, his favorite PJ Mask Mask's character is Catboy, who runs really fast. Mm -hmm. So, I was watching Age of Ultron the other day, and I was like, look, that's Quicksilver. He runs really fast. But he's only in the one movie, and then mm -hmm. he's killed. But yeah. every time I watch an Avengers movie, James goes, is this the one with Quicksilver? I was Aww. like, he was in one movie, dude. Like, and he was in the one. Avengers movie, too, so too bad for you. Uh, you don't want James to want that one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, in 2014, there was the Godzilla reboot. Um, it's not bad. Um, it's directed by Gareth Edwards. 
Um, and he's really good at showing the scale of things. So one of the strengths of that film is showing Godzilla um, and kind of how scary he is. Um, a lot of shots from like the ground perspective and stuff like that. So you kind of get this big monster kind of walking through stuff. Um, it's not it's it's not terrible. There's a lot of people that don't like it, but I enjoyed it. Wish there was more Brian Cranston in it. Um, and then in 2016, there was a movie called Shin Godzilla. I actually haven't seen that one. I really want to, but it was released in Japan um, as kind of like a reboot. And then there was an an, there's an animated show on Netflix called Godzilla: Planet of the Monsters, which is like 20,000 years in the future. Godzilla's taken over Earth, and it's these oh. people trying to recolonize Earth after that. Um, that one sounds most interesting to me. I don't know what we talked about. Um, and then, of course, there's the King of the Monsters and then Godzilla and Kong coming out in 2020. Out So from the 2014 Godzilla, mm-hmm. um, I'm assuming that is kind of the lead up into this new King of the Monsters one. Mm-hmm. So is there any... Plot. I haven't seen that one. So okay. for me, if I want to see the new one, like what what do I need to know from it if I don't really want to go back and watch that <laughs> other one? So I'll, I'll, I can summarize it. Um, there, it's actually the opening is really cool. If you only like, I'm sure the opening somewhere on YouTube or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a really creative opening because it kind of shows how the nuclear tests that the United States was doing in the Pacific uh, in the '50s were actually attempts to kill Godzilla. Because uh-huh. um, he's been like this prehistoric monster that's just been around, and so they were using nuclear weapons to try to kill him. And it was nuclear testing was a cover up. Um, but it's like all this old black and white footage and all this kind of stuff. It's it's actually a really cool opening um, if you get, if you get the chance to. But what happens is um, the there is an island in the Pacific um, that they call uh, Ken Watanabe and his assistant Sally Hawkins. Of Shape of Water fame. Yeah. Um, and she lots likes of other her monster movies. She likes monster movies. She doesn't get close enough to Godzilla in this movie to actually <laughs> form any kind of romantic attachment. But, you Dang know. it! That's <laughs> um, what I look forward to in King of the Monsters. <laughs> yes, because she is, she is going to be in King of the Monsters. Uh, we've seen her in the trailer, so that's exciting. <laughs> um, but they're, they've, they're taken to this island where they found this massive kind of caved-in area. They were... Uh, mining for something but then there's this huge caved in area they go in and they find uh, a skeleton of what is later revealed to be uh actually no it's not later revealed to be it's a godzilla skeleton but inside of it are eggs um and one is hatched and you can see this big trail of like a larva heading into the ocean and it makes its way to japan and nests in a nuclear reactor and that's where Brian Cranston and his wife, Juliet Binoche, who I didn't know she was in it until I turned on the movie and I was like, it's Juliet Binoche! I don't think I knew that until now, and this seems, like, far below her... <laughs> and pay grade isn't the right word. It's... Her prestige? Yes. <laughs> well, she's not in it for very long. Okay. What happens is, at the nuclear reactor, there's a big earthquake going on. Brian Cranston's... He's been watching like seismic activity mm-hmm. and he's noticing patterns that nobody else is noticing they all think it's just kind of like stuff but he kind of understands that it's a little bit more mm-hmm. um he julia binoche and their son are living in japan um they're white people living in japan mm-hmm. um 
and Brian Cranston goes to the nuclear plant. Um, it's kind of shown that Brian Cranston's kind of a forgetful father. Like it's his birthday, and his kid has made a happy birthday uh, banner, but he's been so busy with work that he didn't even notice. Aww. It's very sad, the beginning. Because um, then Brian Cranston goes with Julia Binoche to the nuclear plant. She is a um, nuclear inspector as well. Mm-hmm. So she goes to check out something in the core with uh, some other red shirts. And uh, there's a big earthquake um, that starts to collapse the plant. There's a big leak. And Julia Binoche is trapped... And is killed by the nuclear radiation, and Brian Cranston has to watch her die. It's all very sad, and he's yeah. crushed by it. And so then it's 15 years later. Um, it kind of moves on to 15 years later. Um, Brian Cranston is still in Japan, um, and the son grows up to be Aaron Taylor Johnson. He's uh, been in. He's a bomb disposal expert for the Marines. I want to say um, he's been doing tours in Iraq and stuff like that. He's married to Elizabeth Olsen. They have a son as well. And he gets a call that Brian Cranston's been arrested in Japan. Um, so he goes to Japan to, to get his dad out and find out what's going on. Turns out that Brian Cranston has a theory that it's echolocation. Um, and that the government is covering up. There wasn't really a nuclear leak in the nuclear reactor. They're calling it that. So that way they can cover something up. So they sneak onto the nuclear base. They see a giant cocoon. Yeah. Um, that is there, and it's uh, this monster that they actually invented for the movie called Amuto, which is short for, um, oh shoot, now I don't remember what it's short for. Um, it's like mutated, um, massive unidentified terrestrial organism, um, and it's a big cocoon for that, and then it's starting to hatch, um, but it absorbs nuclear power as its food source. So it nested in the nuclear reactor to sap energy and all that kind of stuff. And when it's born, it releases an EMP, knocking everything out. And it breaks free, starts smashing stuff up, kills Brian Cranston. Oh, no. Um, and then um, Aaron Taylor Johnson's like, oh, no, my dad's dead. And so then I will get my revenge. <laughs> he actually doesn't want revenge. He wants to get back to his family. Sort of. It's it's hard. That's it's such a mature response for him to have. Kind of, well, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so I, so like yeah, Brian Cranston dies, and then there's this organization called Monarch, which is the same organization that John Goodman worked for in Kong Skull Island. Oh. Um, it's been around for a while, and like they study monsters and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Ken Watanabe and Sally Hawkins are working for Monarch, and then they join up with the military because they understand that Godzilla is, like... Ken Watanabe believes that Godzilla is a guardian of humankind. Um, or at least the Earth. And um, these Mutos are trouble. Um, and so, uh, the Muto is leaving, and... There is another Muto as well that they're echolocating, trying to meet up with each other. So then one of the Mutos goes to Hawaii um, to get more food, and then that's where it meets Godzilla for the first time. There's You don't really get to see it. It's still kind of like muddled and stuff, but he kind of fights with this Muto in Hawaii, and that's where Aaron Taylor Johnson is. He's trying to fly home, but then... The monsters show up, have a big fight. There's actually a really cool scene um, when Godzilla comes out of the water 
um, he causes a tidal wave because like all of his masks coming out of the water. Like there's this little girl. Everyone's watching like fires going on on the island, and this little girl notices the tide like retreating really far, and she's like walking out there, and then her dad's like, "Oh no, get back here!" And they all run away. There's a big tidal wave that like floods, floods Oahu and stuff. Um, that's what's kind of missing from this from modern Godzilla's is he's kind of a force of nature. Like, he fights other monsters, like, to help humanity sometimes, but he will just destroy stuff. But that's kind of missing from this one. Um, but he fights this monster in Hawaii. Aaron Taylor Johnson saves this kid on a train because the kid got separated from his parents on a train, and he's trying to help him get back. He finally finds the kid's parents and helps him. Um, and then he's trying to get back to the mainland to be with his wife and kid. Um, but he has to join up with the military to go that way, I guess. They decide, the, the big plan they've decided is to lure the monsters <laughs> away from, like, major population cities and nuke them. But Ken Watsonabe's like, they feed on radiation, like, if you nuke them... It's not going to kill them. Right. But they're like, well, our moms are so much more powerful than they used to be, so we'll be able to kill them. Um, okay, sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what happens is um, there's another monster in Nevada in where the um, nuclear disposal facility is. Um, there's another Muto there. And he destroys Las Vegas. There's a whole destruction of Las Vegas scene. Uh, it's mostly I the do strip. need to see this yes, movie. <laughs> it is mostly the strip. I want to see my home destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then that monster, they're they're kind of meeting in San Francisco. Basically, they're they're trying to the two monsters are trying to meet, mm-hmm. so they decide to go to San Francisco um, for reasons I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but then Godzilla is also hunting them, and so there's actually some really cool scenes. Like, it's missing some destruction, but Godzilla goes out of his way to not destroy humans whenever he can. So, like, mm. like there's the Golden Gate Bridge, and there's a bunch of battleships and stuff like that, and then Godzilla's kind of coming up, and then he dives further down so he doesn't, like, hit battleships and stuff. Um, and then he pops out, and so he's trying to fight these Mutos who are trying to find a place to breed. Um, one of the Mutos is bigger... Um, and more aggressive, and the, and the other one can fly. Like, so one of them is... They're, they're two different, because one of them's male, one of them's female. And so they're trying to breed somewhere, um, and they choose San Francisco, I guess. <laughs> it's a nice place to live, I don't know. They like the temperate climate. Anyway, um, so then it all kind of comes to a head. Godzilla fights the two uh, Mutos. Aaron Taylor Johnson... Um, jumps out of a plane and like you can you watch him like looking at Godzilla as he's falling it's actually kind of a cool shot um, but they are going to like put a bomb on a boat and send the boat out to like try to blow up the monsters but that doesn't work <laughs> um, but Godzilla winds up killing the two uh, monsters and then he almost dies himself like he passes out and he's lying in San Francisco um Basically, like, they think he's dead, but then he gets up. Everybody claps as he retreats <laughs> into the ocean, even though he helped destroy, like, a good chunk of San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> and Ken Watanabe was 
um, basically like, yeah, he's he delivers the cool line, the let them fight uh, line, which is gifts and all that kind of stuff. Because <laughs> he's like, he's telling David Strathairn, who's actually a military commander in this movie, I, mm-hmm. he does great, because he is great. <laughs> um, but he... <laughs> He's like, what do you think is going to happen? And Kevin Watanabe's like, not let him fight. Like, Godzilla's going to protect us. Yeah. And he does. And so then Godzilla goes off into the ocean and is like, peace out, everybody. And so it's mm-hmm. kind of Aaron Taylor Johnson finally gets back with Elizabeth Olsen um, and their kid. Um, even though Elizabeth, so Elizabeth Olsen is a nurse mm-hmm. and they're evacuating all the hospitals and stuff. And she's got her son with her at work. And. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson's been like, I'm going to come meet you, like, stay safe, I'm going to be there. But then Elizabeth Olsen takes her son and goes to her co-worker who's on one of the evacuation buses and goes, here, take him, I'm going to meet up with, I think his name is Ford, or Ward, whatever Aaron Taylor Johnson's name is, I don't remember. (laughs) I'm going to meet up with Quicksilver. It doesn't matter. Um, But she foists her son on, like, her co-worker, like... Oh, hey, the city's about to be destroyed by three giant monsters. Take my kid. I told Courtney when we started the movie, I'm like, she's going to make a really bad decision. You're <laughs> just going to have, like, I'm just going to tell you that now so you're not, like, super angry about it. <laughs> she was still, still angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so then Godzilla walks off into the ocean, and it's like, oh, he's he's a guardian. He, he helped, and that's kind of... Based on the trailers that we've seen for Godzilla King of the Monsters, that certainly looks to be kind of the direction that they're taking Seriously. these kaiju. Is yeah. like they are the antibodies of the earth that destroy infections, and humanity has become like an infection, I think, yeah. is kind of the, t- the track they're trying to take. So, cool. I, can't, I think Ken Watanabe in one of the trailers even says there's 14 monsters. So, it's all the Titans, isn't it? Oh, Titans or yeah, whatever. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just excited to see Tywin Lannister say, "Long live the king" again. Like <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's 2014. It's not bad. It's not great, but I don't know that there has been just like a great Godzilla movie because all of them have. Like, I was looking at the IMDb ratings. None of them break a seven. Um, kind of to be as harsh. It is really harsh. <laughs> the Game of Thrones finale was 4.4, 4, which... See, oh, sorry, the original Godzilla was 7.6. So, But that's like the highest that's rated probably, Godzilla film. Yeah, the gold standard if there is one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that, and the, there's one that's a 3.9. It's really low. Um, yeah, the Godzilla 1998 has a, has a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Yikes. Which makes... Oh, okay. There's another one that was a 7.2. So, I guess there is a couple Godzilla movies. But Godzilla movies and kaiju movies are kind of in that... They're kind of in the same vein as the Roland Emmerich ones, where it's a lot of destruction and stuff. The biggest difference is that it's a big monster instead of like, oh no, the weather's killing us, or aliens are killing us. Like, um, it's a giant monster. They're cool designs, especially for like, you know tween age boys it's like Mm -hmm. oh yeah monsters i still remember i had i think i got it for my birthday it was this pack of like 14 godzilla monsters and i actually tried to find it on the internet the other day and couldn't find it i don't 
know if I still have them locked away in my parents' basement somewhere. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I had a bunch of Godzilla toys. I had a walking Godzilla toy. That scared the crap out of James when he was like two. No, I, no, 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 no. That's not that. That's not that Godzilla toy. <laughs> that that one broke a long time, like when I was a kid. But it was like, yeah, I had a robot. It, it had a really like squishy skin, so I could feel the robot parts underneath it, which was really Ew. weird. Um, but yeah, it would roar and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it, Godzilla films are kind of in the same vein as as destruction films and. Uh, apocalypse films, but they're different in that it's these big monsters and sometimes they'll fight each other. And that kind of, I think, elevates it above kind of your typical disaster movie, like a Poseidon Adventure or something like that. Because it's like, there's usually a cool spectacle that comes along with it. Cool. But Do we yeah. have any um, like oh, yeah. offshoots of Godzilla that we want to talk about <laughs> briefly, mostly because there's one I want to talk about. <laughs> uh, I would like to talk about Mothra very briefly. We kind of talked about Mothra already, but um, there's one song in the Mothra movie that gets stuck in my head every single time. And once it gets there, it stays for months. So mm. I want to share that with everybody. You're all going to get it stuck in your head. Here we go. This You're is the Summoning it? Mothra song. Yeah, so these are two, like, twin fairies who sing this. actually like songs are kind of a big way to summon kaiju a lot of times so mothra has her song um mothra is also one of the con- one of the few confirmed kaiju that are women mm-hmm. or female again not yeah. female uh, mothra is and so is Biolante. they were confirmed as uh, as female kaiju um but there's also uh in godzilla versus mechagodzilla godzilla can't beat mechagodzilla on his own and so there is a monster named King Caesar, who's from Okinawan mythology. And there's a woman singing to this, like, sleeping monster for, like, five minutes. And then it cuts to some action. And then it cuts back. And she sings for another, like, five minutes. It is really, <laughs> really, really long. And they just dedicated a whole bunch to this woman just, like, kneeling on a beach. Singing to King Caesar <laughs> before he'll wake up. It It's... it's Insane. What what was the one that you wanted to talk about, Shannon? Um, so it's called Colossal. It's from 2016. For some reason, I'm looking it up, and Google's trying to tell me it's NC-17, so I'm hoping the version I saw of it was not, (laughs) like, that they didn't edit this to make it a lot more, like, explicit than, or, uh, than the version I saw of it. But anyway, um, it's with Anne Hathaway, and she... Basically, she's a total mess um, that, like, moves back home. And anyway, the the plot of the movie is that she finds out, she watches on the news, and there's this kind of Godzilla-like creature um, that's in Seoul, South Korea, 
Um, and she learns through the movie that, like, she, anytime she makes a movement, the monster makes a movement. And so she is, like, connected to oh, the wow. monster and controlling its actions. That's cool. Um, it is so, like, it's very low budget. I saw it at <laughs> Sundance, so it's, like, definitely not... The CGI on the monster is not great, but it is really a fun movie <laughs> for um, just kind of a riff off of the Godzilla movie. So nice. There are lots of kind of offshoot characters. There, Godzilla is not the only kaiju like genre we focused on Godzilla because that's kind of my area of expertise, and it's obviously the most famous one. There's another one uh, called Gamera who is also another famous uh, kaiju. He's a turtle-like monster who can suck his arms and legs into his shell and then they become rockets uh, that he can then fly around on. Uh, that's Gamera. And Gamera is friend to children. Gamera is friend to children, as they will tell you several times oh. in that one. Um, there are, but like, I kind of mentioned, I mentioned this earlier with uh, in regards to the Reptilicus song, the MST3 casings. There are lots of monsters and monster films that are released from all kinds of uh, different countries and stuff. Godzilla is the most famous one, uh, which is kind of why we focused on that today. But there are plenty of monsters within kind of Godzilla's continuity or universe, I guess. We're all about putting things into film universes. Yeah. Um, and that's <laughs> and Godzilla's is kind of the biggest and most varied um, and the most famous one. Like, Mothra is very famous and uh, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, cool. Well, I think that's about gonna wrap it up for us this week, right? Cool. Yeah. All right. Sweet. So, thank you, Andrew, for coming on. Um, and uh, yeah, as always, follow us on Facebook or on Twitter. We're at PC Footnotes. Um, you can check out our website if you haven't already, which is popculture-footnotes.com, and be sure to leave us um, some ratings and reviews on iTunes. Cool. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.